welcome to the Raptors show on the Sportsnet Radio Network, presented by Coors Light. Go from full time to game time. Coors Light, made to chill. Make sure you find the Raptor show wherever you get your wherever you listen podcasts and sub- subscribe. And please rate and review the show. I'm your host William Liu, enjoying the first segment today. I'm with my co-host Blake Murphy and Alex Wong. How are you guys doing today? Hey, what's going on, man? Anything yeah. different today? Blake? Nah, nothing. I noticed. Yeah. It's a little more like Will room seem, up here. Yeah. yeah. Will seems a little calmer. Yeah. Think, just because they won. Yeah. How was practice, Will? Uh, uh, practice was all right. Uh, came in very, very late, but just came in right on time. So we're good. We're good. Yeah. Let's go with the show. You and the Raptors defense coming through for the bare minimum just in time. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Get out of here, fake Will. <laughs> we, got the, the real we got the real here, Will Lou on the show now. Raptor show. They'll trade me for a box of crumble cookies. Man. Thanks, Jer. Jer, I appreciate you, you, it. You are going to get traded. Still no chain. No chain. Still no man. chain, unfortunately. Good job, though. Thanks for bringing the French press as well, man. Appreciate you. Oh, that's why he brought the whole box. Yeah. What's going on? Hard What's going on? What's guys? going on? Will can't just came from practice. I did. How was you, practice? Yeah, what are you doing at practice? How was practice? Bro? Practice was all right, you know. Um yeah, they, you they tell you to go there for twelve thirty. It starts at one thirty. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. So you know there's rules to this. There are rules to this, but you know, got a couple questions in, talked to Scotty a little bit. Obviously, okay. big jump in his career this season has been the three point shooting. So I wanted to get to talk to him about Do you have a scoop for us? An answer? A, anything? a scoop from, give us, from from the post from us the a, scrum. Give us a tidbit from from the scrum. Well, there have been no tweets out yet. So whatever yeah. you anything oh, yeah? you quote or paraphrase right now, we got one that we got all we got is OG said it's a top fifteen dunk of his career. Give, give us something. Yeah, By yeah, the way, yeah. Dennis Schroeder, two forty. That's right, that's right. I did not see Dennis uh Shooting post game, so I think he was actually really Sorry. trying to get ready and get out because typically he is one of the guys that takes a while. What's the scoop from practice? Okay, so um, I, I asked Scotty about just the three point shooting in general. I'm just curious to see sort of if he changed anything in terms of the process in the offseason. He wouldn't really talk about, you know, there was no hard number of like, you know, I took 500 threes this summer versus like 200 threes this summer. He, didn't, he wasn't tracking that, but it was a, a, certainly a big focus of his offseason was to sort of buff up that aspect of his game and, um, you know, I also asked him about just uh, is he noticing defenses like changing their approach towards him? Is is it changing on the scouting report that people got to close out harder to him? Um, and, you know, he's, he's starting to see a little bit of that. But at the same time, it just really depends on the team, really. And a team like Atlanta yesterday, for example, they did leave him open a couple of times. And now, I'm loving that, the aggressive. Was that by strategy or just the Hawks as uh, a as, like regularly leave everyone open? <laughs> It's a it's a fifty fifty proposition. I mean, I, I think the Hawks certainly don't don't play great defense. It's not breaking news, but um, I, I've noticed just throughout the year, and we we've all pointed this out that just like when Scotty has that chance to to shoot the three, especially when teams go under or teams are down or anything like that, he's aggressively looking for those threes. And um, yeah, it's it's been one of the biggest developments of the season for the Raptors, especially one of it's the best. It's the best development. Yeah, and it's yeah. probably yeah. the most yeah. important for figuring out what his long-term upside is. Obviously, the defense taking a step is great. You know, he's out in transition playmaking more just because he's more empowered to push off a defensive rebound. The pick and roll play has been better. But how you shoot the three fundamentally changes how defenses guard you, and that changes the spacing dynamic on the floor. And every inch that someone has to move closer Mm -hmm. to Scotty on a closeout or just not helping off of him, that's an extra little bit of edge. If Scotty decides to try to go by them, if a screen comes, you know, getting that corner. So it, it opens up a lot for him individually. I don't know if it opens up a ton for the team just because Scotty's gonna have the ball in his hands 
mo most of the time as we kind of move forward with this Raptors thing. And if you look at some of the shooting splits, it gets even more encouraging. So Scotty's only taking, you know, a little over one pull-up three a game, mm -hmm. but he's hitting 32% on those. And that's not, obviously, that's not 40%. That's not the best mark in the league, but that is a respectable enough, yeah. like you're still going to go under against Scotty if it's a high enough pick and roll above the three-point line, but that's enough to make you think about it. If, if you can get that up to like 34, 35%, mm -hmm. teams really have to think about that. Um, it's also worth noting, I think, that he's at 39.4% for the whole season, and most of his three-point attempts come above the break. So mm -hmm. those are right. not only a more difficult, um, like, like that's a tougher spot on the floor to shoot from, but it also means that when you're looking at what you can do spacing-wise, you know, if you have, like, some guys will only be able to space the defense out to the corner. Mm -hmm. And that, you know, stretches the floor horizontally. But, like, every defense is stretched out pretty far east-west. But having guys who can space above the break, it's something that we've talked about. Hey, if OG could move some of those corner threes up, yeah. if Gary Trent is on, you know, he's a good wing three-point shooter, um, that really opens up your, your offense. So the fact that, you know, he's shooting 39.5% on, like, kind of a star diet of mm -hmm. three-point attempts is, I think, really encouraging. If this was like 39% on wide-open catch-and-shoot corner threes, you'd still be encouraged by it. But this is a way more difficult shot mix. Yeah, three or four last night for Scotty from three. So just yeah. continuation of his uh, his progress there. Yeah, and I think adding to what Blake said too, like he's taken a lot of these. I've seen him hit a lot of these in crunch time too, like in close games in the fourth quarter, like just situationally. He seems so comfortable um, shooting these and, and obviously his overall play has been really encouraging and maybe we can use that to kind of pivot to last night's season saving win um, <laughs> oh, over the Atlanta Hawks life saving sorry I have one yeah. more yeah, note yeah, on the ahead. shooting yeah, yeah, just to your point about him yeah. not wanting to talk about it. Pascal hit five of six threes last night yes and until two games ago, as Samson Folk wrote about at Raptors Republic, Pascal was the worst three-point shooter in the league on any amount of volume. Mm. And he has that, you know, the bench mob year, he has the worst three-point shooting season of all time with a certain amount of three-point attempts. So that was good to see come along as well. But similar to Scotty, I tried to get Pascal to talk a little bit about the process. <laughs> or like, what are you, are you yeah. doing anything to shake it off? Are you looking at mechanics? Are you just trying to get X number of shots in? I think only shooting specialists like talking about that. Even Grady doesn't like to talk about his actual jump shot mm. all that much, other than like it's been the same forever. Since his mom made it when yeah. he was three. By the way, I, I did see Grady, his mom, his dad, and a couple of his siblings uh, in the in in the crowd like post game because I had to run downstairs yesterday because my microphone was broken for some reason. So typically I record in the radio booth mm. in the six hundreds. Ran downstairs uh, to the courtside where, you know, E and, and, and Jonesy would typically be calling the game. Shouts to E and Jonesy. Yeah, I had to take over the headset. JR, big shouts to JR, of course. Um, yeah, keep although, doing your job, JR. Yeah, thanks for giving me coffee, JR, literally. Do your job. Uh, but I, I called the game from there, and then afterwards I was just in the bowl. And, yeah, his, his family is here. Oh, it's actually very no, adorable. That's beautiful, man. Did yeah. you? Was that, go ahead no did you want to apologize to a, a fan as well or i did yeah. also want to apologize to a fan because uh, again we had a five minute break for me to make it from all the way at the ceiling of the, the scotia i'm not even kidding when i say ceiling like mm. oh and the elevators were down yesterday yes we were eye to eye with uh ed bauer i believe like in the in the in, in the rafters people call him eddie i think but yeah go on. yeah one of those trying uh, to talk about johnny bauer i think it's johnny, it's johnny bauer meant, ed bauer is like uh like yeah, a clothing and bauer. like stationary yeah. uh, whatever company. Eddie bauer. whatever no. one of those uh boris salming or like matt Yo. sandine kind of eye to eye with those kind of banners 
mm. going downstairs. And so uh, it, it was difficult. One fan was like, whoa, Will, I love your show. Can I take a photo? And I'm like, mm. dude, I'm so sorry. But I actually have like one more minute left in this break to get on air. Yeah. So, I apologize to you, whoever it was. So if that fan is listening, um, it's not a fan anymore. Please don't please don't tell people I'm a jerk. It was really for work purposes. DM, reach out to me. I'll I'll arrange a meet and greet um, at one of these home games. It's been been chaotic two episodes for me so far. I gotta say. (laughs) So did your mic break when Scotty finished that ridiculous fouled uh, reverse underneath the basket in the fourth quarter run? Because I could see you like you're obviously very yeah demonstrative and emotive up yeah, there, nice, nice. whether things are going really poorly or things are going really well. Yeah. I could see at that point in the game, because that was like the counter run. Mm-hmm. Like they, they come out of a timeout. Atlanta makes this big run. Then you get the Yawk blocking the floater, mm-hmm. uh, the OG trail dunk, mm-hmm. Yawk blocking another floater. And yeah. then Scotty with that ridiculous finish. My guess is that's when the mic broke. I think I, I, I ran out of our booth like at least three, four times last night. You did like a soccer goal celebration, yeah, just yeah, like yeah. shirt up over your head, running around. Just for context, <laughs> this, the Raptors are now 10 and 14. This is all it takes for me. You know, this yeah. is all it takes. Eight point lead, three minutes left to go in the game. Uh, but no, those were great. Those were great plays. And I, I was really happy with Yak um, to, to get those two contributions because I think that completely flipped the game on its head. Mm-hmm. And without that, I actually don't know because I was really worried about Atlanta's offense just being able to like push it to another gear down the stretch. Obviously, Trey had like 35 and 17. By the way, Trey Young had 35 points, 17 assists, went to the foul line eight, six times, and turned the ball over five times. That has to be one of the highest usage games <laughs> against oh, yeah. the Raptor all season. Like, he might have used like 40 or 50% of Atlanta's possessions. It's also, you know, it's such a contrast to the Nick Nurse years where like priority number one was the star doesn't yeah, beat you. Right. Um, it's a pretty good game. Like, that's a, that's a, a Tyrese game. Halliburton stat line other than the five turnovers. Yeah. He's really a, I, I'm excited to ask Dennis about this because Dennis got most of the assignment, obviously, and we'll yeah, get into yeah. some of the specifics. You know, uh, Darko changed his rotation patterns mm-hmm. up a little bit to, to manage the Trey Young matchups, but how he compares to some of the other, like, really high-usage spread pick-and-roll guys yeah. uh, defensively because it looks like, you know, obviously he's not, like, as bursty as some other guys. He is not quite the shooter that Steph is, but he looks, like, really difficult to, to stick with. Well, I think what's... Uh, it, was, it was interesting because I wanted to talk about sort of because it's a rematch against Atlanta on Friday. On Friday, so I really wanted to talk about sort of the Raptors' specific coverage against Trey Young, what they can do better. Um, and one of the things there for me was just looking at Trey. It's just like he changes up the angle at which he passes all the time. So it, it's really hard to sort of like wall off where he's going to go. Sometimes he'll throw the pass early as well. Like, things where he's coming off a pick and roll and the roller is in line with the defender. So, let's say it's like he gets a screen from Okongwu, but Precious is guarding Okongwu and he's guarding the screen. Precious and Onyeka will be, like, side by side coming off that screen and trace just, like, maybe a, a fraction of the three-point arc. And you'll just throw the pass so early knowing where his guy's going to be, that little half edge. He is such a gifted passer that it is really hard to cut him off. And if he drives off of that screen as well, like not even to the rim, just down the the side of the key, Yak has to because like you're you're usually gonna have to to chase over top of that. You're not going under against Trey Young. So Dennis Schroeder, Malachi Flinner, whoever it is, mm-hmm. is chasing around and Yak kinda has to shuffle hands up yeah. to like make sure that Trey can't get that off until there's a recovery. And then, yeah, some of the angles of those passes is just, you would think if you're a big man and you shuffle with them down mm-hmm. the key, like, how are you going to throw it over me? And he finds these these interesting angles. It's actually something Dennis is really good at too. Yeah, so sure. I do wonder what Dennis thinks of, of Trey 
uh, you know, utilizing some of those same skills. And, and sure. we see very, very quickly yesterday why they call Clint Capella the pancake mama. Oh, this man was feasting. He was eating for a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. But then OG ended his career, so. <laughs> well, that's only one of the top 15 dunks of his career. Only top 15. According to OG. Oh, my God. Yeah. Funny man. Pancake man. mamba. <laughs> Yo, um, keep all those mamba clips ready for Andy Lou segment four. No, no. We need, keep, we need another. Yeah, uh, keep all those. No, I was looking at. Another perspective on that. I was looking at the box score after the game yesterday. And first of all, Patty Mills is on the Hawks. Did you know yeah, that? Yeah, that's right. Do you know that? Okay. Uh, okay. You didn't watch warmups? You weren't there at 445 to watch warmups? <laughs> Like somebody, I wasn't here from two to four. <laughs> yeah, fair. Um, but yeah, looking at the box score, you know, this felt like a this felt like a Raptors win from from last season. Kind of a Nick Nurse formula. They had all their starters except Jakob play thirty four plus minutes. You know, you got some yeah. contributions from Gary off the bench, but only second half. First half was yeah was was was, was pretty and bad. It's interesting. I mean, wanted to get you guys thoughts on this because like Darko talked earlier this week about wanting to give the starters a few more games to figure it out. And again, I don't know how much you guys are trying to extract from this one win over Atlanta, but clearly the starters played really well. Scotty Pascal G scored 20 plus, uh, all scored 20 plus for the second straight game. So, you know, how are you guys feeling about the starting five coming out of this one? Yeah, obviously it's going to be difficult to go game by game mm-hmm. and say we're going to change it from game to game. If you make a starting five change, it's pretty significant. Mm-hmm. Um, like, uh, and I mean like, even when the Raptors began day one of training camp, when they got out to Victoria, and this is like at the start of October, from day one, the starting five was a starting five. They got all the reps together. Mm. So it, to, to make a change like that would have required a pretty significant thing. In retrospect, when Darko said, give me one or two more games, I think he means Atlanta's coming up, and our starting five can put up 114 points, which is what the starting five did last night. So no one's really calling for the starting five to be changed. Last night, they closed the game with the starting five once again. They did a great job of closing them. Uh, the guy who would typically come out of the starting five to close games would be a Jakob. But not only did he have the two biggest blocks of the game to, to swing the game, but even when they went to intentional fouling, Jakob still went to the foul line and made you know both, even though we swore that he was going to go one for two on those. So... I think it's it's difficult to change it after a game like that. But, of course, it's contingent on the fact that they need more shooting. That's one of the biggest things that's been befalling the starting lineup. So when Pascal goes 5 of 6 and Scotty goes 3 of 4 and OG chips in with two more threes as well, and even Jakob kind of pump fake towards a 3 at one point, like, okay, then all of a sudden it's not a problem. But, of course, in order to keep that going, you really need the three-point shooting to be there. And also you need the defense to be just better. I mean, even yesterday, they, they did not play a great defensive game, I thought. No, but. I thought they played a, a very poor defensive game. Like, honestly, the film session today, the takeaway should be we played eight minutes of defense, and that was enough. Imagine if we played 24 minutes mm. of defense against yeah. this team that plays none themselves. Now, in terms of closing lap, I also thought Yak's passing was really important last night. Yeah, right. Some of that is just, like, what Atlanta gives you. But I think he had six assists, mm-hmm. probably a, a chance for a couple other ones. He also probably should have shot eight for eight, not five of eight at, at the not, uh, yo, you, couple of misses in close. He squandered a number of, like, opportunities around the basket. He got blocked a couple times by Pancake Mamba. Hmm. Can I get the Pancake Mamba again, man? I just It's just so calming. Um, while Derek uh, looks for that, in terms of the... Uh, Derek? <laughs> in, in terms of the closing lineup, um, you know, and, and I wonder what you think of this. Well, look, first, uh, in terms of changing the starting five... Yeah. I know Gary had one good stretch last night, but it, it gets hard to make the change the starting lineup argument when Gary is playing as poorly as he did in the first half last night or, or has been recently. Mm-hmm. Now, yesterday, I thought there was a reasonable case 
to close with Precious Achua because this is something that wasn't unique to yesterday. This happened a couple times last year. Mm-hmm. Precious Achua, for whatever reason, is really, really good against that Trey Young Capella or Trey Young uh, Akongwu pick and roll. Like Trey turned the ball over twice trying to ISO on a Precious switch last year or uh, yesterday. And if you go back to last year, Atlanta at one point in one of the later season meetings stopped using Precious's man to scream because Precious was so effective Mm. against those actions. So I I thought we might see Precious close last night because he had been pretty good defensively. Um, But obviously, you know, Jakob is there as well. Now, I guess the concern is you have a good night with the starting lineup against a really poor defensive team. If you do it again Friday, you know, and they get back to like, hey, their numbers are even on the season. Maybe we ride it out. You know, I don't know how much you want to look at Atlanta, Atlanta, Charlotte over the course of a week as a like it's fixed sample yeah this is the this is a problem of you know i think this team is beyond looking just game to game i mean obviously happy to extract some of the positives and the other one i was going to ask you about blake is you know the the number of pancake mamba (laughs) oh man thanks derek (laughs) tape delay um pancake mamba (laughs) scotty scotty pascal og scoring 20 plus together for a second straight game um, that's that's not nothing. Um, what are you seeing from just kind of their synergy together between those three right now? Yeah, I mean, look, I think last night is what we have tried to express on this show for the, the whole season is that the Barnes and an OB Siakam trio is not the issue. Like, those pieces can fit together, and you see against a small team like Atlanta where they only have the size to match up with one of those guys, someone's going to have an edge. Maybe two guys are going to have an edge somewhere else. This is a, like, this team had to dust, and part of this was because of injuries. They're down Jalen Johnson, DeAndre Hunter, um, but they had to go to a Capella, a Kongwu unit. Like, those two were playing together, and normally they use those guys, you know, pretty strictly as centers, so... That's how big the the size advantage that Toronto had was. And Wesley yeah. Matthews was like pretty ineffective. Um, you know, who's and he's normally a two guard that guards up a position or, or two for teams. So, you know, we've been saying like, hey, Siakam and Anobi Barnes, th- that trio can work together. The issues have been, well, how do the pieces fit around them? Do you have, you know, obviously not enough spacing with Schroeder and Pirtle. Do you have the bench pieces who can you know, warrant playing with those guys a little bit more. And we didn't even see much of a change to that part of the rotation pattern yesterday. Um, I think they tried, but then Barnes and Ananobi both got in foul trouble. Mm. Um, so I think they were trying to to give us a little bit more of that. But it, it just shows that, like, I mean, look, those guys also went uh, 10 for 15 on their threes, and that's going to make up a big difference here. But, like, it doesn't, it doesn't take much better process to be able to involve those three guys. And, and Will, where I'm curious how you feel about it is, the trade-off with that is most of those buckets, even though they, they did have 39 assists on 50 field goals last night, that, that's Super really, impressive. really strong. Yeah. But a lot of those Barnes and Siakam buckets were not coming from the like, hey, we're going to DHO, DHO, DHO. It was yeah. like, we're gonna, we've got mismatches all over the floor. Our guys are going to cook. Yeah. Um, it is just a case of, you know, I was, we talked to Mark Stein yesterday on the show, and I was reading his Substack, and he talked to Rick Carlisle. And he was asking Rick Carlisle, I was like, you, you were such a structured coach offensively. You were such a disciplined coach defensively. How did you end up being the coach of the Pacers who are so unstructured offensively, was so free-flowing, but also you guys play so little defense. And he talked about his answer was the job of the coach is to bring the best out of the roster available to you in any given year. And I understand that there is definitely a ball movement aspect and there's a player movement aspect. Those things are going to be implemented. But at the end of the day, the best thing that these players on the Raptors do, these big forwards, is they put pressure on the paint. They get two feet into the paint, 
they draw help and then they're good passers. OG's a good passer. Pascal's a great passer. Scotty is a fantastic passer. So you get them the ball and, you know, you play off of that. And from there, you can you got to trust that other guys can able to play off of each other. And I thought in terms of the fit of those three guys, what was encouraging to me is OG attacking some closeouts yesterday, taking a mid-range shot, getting all the way to the basket, you know, uh, cutting and finishing around two, three defenders in a crowd. Those are all really good things and great essential skills you need to have alongside of Pascal, alongside of Scotty. Scotty doing the same thing. Scotty, Barnes. You know, hitting the threes, uh, being able to attack closeouts, finish at the basket. Pascal doing the same thing as well. And of course, there's an element of that where you give the ball to Jakob and you let him sort of, you know, play those high-low passes. Atlanta, the way they were covering yesterday, Clint Capella was sagging so far back that you could literally put an entire Denny's worth of pancakes in between them. There was that much space. So Jakob had no pressure on every pass, right? And he could deliver those. But, like, ultimately, that's how you're going to play through your strengths. It's not so much, like, playing through the pick and roll, the DHOs. It's so static a lot of times mm -hmm. with the Raptors. And, I mean, the, the so, constant yeah. under, under, under is just really, like... It's demoralizing. Yeah, really and, and, like, unless you start running those DHOs much lower on the floor where if someone goes under, they're underneath the basket. Yeah. And we, we've seen that at times. Like, if you remember back to the Rondé year, like, oh him, him and Kyle would do yes. pick and roll, like, <laughs> at the charge circle, basically, <laughs> because you can't, you can't go under on that part of the floor. Um, but, yeah, at some point, you've got to... You know, let your let your stars go. And Alex, to your initial point, this was also the fewest minutes the bench played all year. Yeah, sixty four. How, how do you feel about that? Because like we've all we've I'm been saying, it, we've been saying over nobody, and over, like there is a formula to play better. It's mm -hmm. just is it in line with what the team's actual goals are? And last night we see it. Hey, you hand the ball to your three best players or yeah. your two best players, and then OG, you know, as kind of a, a high end play finisher. Mm. And yeah, you don't play your bench very much because. They haven't been that effective. Yeah, I got no problem with that. I think at this point, we know we know who Gary is. We know who Precious is. Like, we know who Malachi is. We know who Chris Boucher is. If the next 20 games, whatever, the run-up to the trade deadline is for you to evaluate the future of the team, we need to see as much of this trio of Scotty, Pascal, and OG as possible. And it's like, you know, I know, Will, you've been talking about this every time you pick the games now. You're like, I don't know which Raptors team is going to show up. Like, time's ticking for these three guys based on the contract situation and everything. Like, these next six weeks, two months, I think is really critical for these three guys to show that, you know, I don't know, like, prove to the front office or convince the front office that they should be kept together mm -hmm. or whatever it is. What, how, however you want to frame it. Yeah. Like, I just think this is the main storyline now for the next 15 to 20 games. Yeah. Uh, last thing, mm. just to circle back on the, the Trae Young coverage because again he had 35 points and 17 assists Raptors do do need to do a better job of covering him and um for me that was definitely what I want to look at film wise this morning was while I was at Raptors practice just watching a whole ton of clips so but before you go can yeah. I ask a question about what you saw sure um Trey really going off against those bench heavier units and when the Raptors like at least in the yeah. second half when the Raptors starting lineup wasn't was out there they did I know Nobody defended. Points. Nobody defended what seventeen like against the bench, just against the bench units, yeah. and and they didn't play the very. They didn't play many minutes. Yeah. Well, okay, that's where a post game show that backs up the uh, how it felt. Yeah. Well, that's this is where I in the post game show I gave Darko that kind of credit because obviously we've been pretty. I mean, I've definitely been very critical of Darko. Yeah. Uh, tactically, right? Um, and I thought this was probably his best like in game adjustment, most notable one that we've seen this season. Um, where in the first half, he didn't pair Dark, um, Dennis's minutes with 
Trey Young's minutes because Trey came out the game early in the first quarter, came back into the game with the second unit, and Dennis played a lot of the first quarter, and then Malachi came in. And it's not just all Malachi's fault, but at the same time, he is the point of attack coverage against Trey Young. And so you need him to be, you know, better, or you need your better on-ball defender, that being Dennis, for that matchup to be matched up against Trey. And you saw in the second half, when Trey subbed out the game, Dennis subbed out the game. When Trey came back into the game, Dennis came back into the game. And part of the reason, as you mentioned, is because Trey went off for 17 points in the end of the first quarter, side of the second quarter period, when he was up against the Raptors' second units. And, you know, there was just a lot of things that they weren't really doing. The other thing, too, is just they need to be able to find a way to send a third defender at that pick and roll. Because, because the Capella lob is there every it, time. It's it's there every time. So what you need to do is have whoever's on the weak side tag over and bump Capella so that he's not just getting a free run to the rim, that he has to, you know, at least get around that. Of course, the risk there is Trey throwing the cross-court pass into the corner, but that's where you hope that your length um, is able to at least make that pass a little bit harder and then close out a little bit harder in the corner. Cause and it, it's yeah. one thing if it's... Bogdanovich in the corner who can attack that yeah. late closeout and make another play. But if it's Sadiq Bay or something like that, yeah, you know, yeah. he's going to miss that shot and then run in and get his offensive rebound and then miss that shot and then score on his offensive rebound. That's Pistons culture uh, right there. Um, in terms of uh, what the two different units did against Trey, yeah. what did you pick up that Dennis, at least in the second half, because mm. again, the first half, I didn't think anyone defended particularly well, that Dennis was more effective doing against Trey than Malachi or whoever else had to pick him up. Well, I think... First half, Dennis had a bit of this issue too. Um, it just does, so didn't happen where Trey was doing the scoring. Trey was more making the passes against Dennis, and Trey was doing more of the scoring against Malachi. But regardless, you can't let Trey get middle. Like, you just cannot let him get middle. Um, obviously, you're not going to go under these screens. He was shooting from 35. He took like eight three point shots from, from above 30 feet yesterday, and he made four of them. You know, it's kind of terrifying what he had to cover against that. So you definitely can't go under any of those. But if you do at least try to navigate the screen, you just can't get stuck on it. And one thing I've, I noticed that Dennis does um, in yesterday's game, he does a really great job of spinning. So when he gets caught on the screen, he'll literally do a spin move so that the screen won't stick to him. And then he's like meeting Trey like midway, uh, right, right, uh, essentially right above the free throw line. Whereas Malachi doesn't do that move and he just gets hung up on the screen. And that really creates a two-on-one where Trey thrives. So it's a little veteran savvy tricks. I mean, we can ask Dennis about it too, but... You know, it, he's the bigger picture is he's the best coverage for him, and I'm I'm happy that Darko made that in-game adjustment because there hasn't been a lot of in-game adjustments that have really stood out. No offense. Yeah, you guys got to ask uh, Dennis about getting swung on by uh, Bogdan. Oh Bogdan yeah, oh, it's, yeah. It's, in it's in there. It's in the it's in the run now. That's a World Cup final rematch, right? That's there. right. Oh man, what else notes from the game? Um, uh, Pascal got the chain. Oh, did you want? Yeah, sorry. I just ha I have a Dennis follow up yeah, for, yeah, yeah. for you guys. I mean, I, I mentioned earlier the tweak in rotation pattern, and some of that was Trey Young dictated, some of it was foul trouble dictated. But this idea, and, and we got to see it in only a tiny sample. It's not a large sample on the season, but Dennis in a more bench heavy group where. Even though Malachi is on the floor, he's the organizer. Um, you can use some pick and roll with him. You know, Malachi hasn't shot the three particularly well lately, but theoretically he could space a little bit. Um, do you do you want to see more of that? Do you like that that tweak, or is that a matchup dependent one for you? Oh, I, I like that. I like that adjustment. I like that tweak. You know, I think it's funny because we're, we're going to have Dennis on the show. We could ask him these direct questions. So. But I mean, he, he's, he's the guy who was guarding Trey last night yeah. and he's the guy whose rotation pattern changed. So I think yeah. it's it's worth. Also, I, I 
my guess is he won't come on here and be like, yeah, we should see more of that. I should actually come off the bench. I, I just You're don't right. think that's going right. to be his answer. You're yeah. right. I would love it to be the answer. But Are I you mean, guys going to ask him about Jeff Teague too? You know what? Uh, I will finally ask him about Jeff Teague. Let's find time I mean, he hasn't that. really wanted to ask answer too many questions about I still that. We still haven't asked him yeah. about the OG thing either, yeah. which oh, I got to ask yeah. him. We got to keep that one uh, in Speaking there. of fights, by the way, I'm it's not, not going to transit happy, to that. Don't worry. For but. a po- more positive stretch of play. Talking to Scott Foster? Scott Foster had a black eye. <laughs> yeah, there's really nothing else to report except that Scott Foster was refing with a black eye last night. And, and I looked it up um, after the game because I was like, is anyone <laughs> else talking about this? And he had the black eye even when he refereed the in-season tournament. Oh, like okay. The final, I believe. So if we were to trace the timeline, this might have happened in, in Vegas? In Vegas. No, because, okay. like, again... Obviously, everyone knows who Scott Foster is. You know, the referee, he's got that beef with, you know, Chris Paul. Yeah, watch, the Tim, Don- watch the Tim Donaghy docs. Yeah. He's the one who looks like Eric Roberts, the, like, kind of, <laughs> he hey, that, that guy's in everything bad guy. He's always a bad guy yeah. and stuff. He's the uncut uh, gems character who uh, ultimately, spoilers, uh, you know, ends the, <laughs> the, the the movie, let's just say. R.I.P. Howie. Uh, but, yeah, he fully has a black eye. I've never seen an official with a black eye. And it's undeniably a black eye, like, I don't know anything else other than no, getting no, no. punched in it's, the eye. It's the blackest of black eyes. It's like right <laughs> under his left eye. I'm telling you, look it up. Since Uncut Gems come out, do we have a minute to be like non-serious? We have two hours, so, my brother. Uh, it Pancake got an- Mamba. It got announced yesterday that A24 is doing another like sports-ish movie and uh-huh. Benny Safdie is going to direct it. I saw this with The Rock. The Rock as Mark Hunt. So Mark Hunt has this crazy, crazy story, like an early days UFC guy and like was like way bigger than you think of even UFC fighters. Okay. So The Rock, like body-wise, can pull it off and like... You know, we'll see acting-wise, but they're almost the same age. Like, The Rock is 51. They're mm. like, well, we can't have Mark Hunt play himself, maybe because the acting side, but also he's 54. But they're having The Rock play this guy, even though The Rock's in his 50s, too. Yeah, you know, my know, challenge man. to The Rock is be somebody other than The Rock And in that's movie. that's going to be the challenge because he's never done that, really. You know, it's so it, disappointing it, to me because, like, you know, Blake, you know this, and, well, you probably know this, too. Yeah, like, what's up? The Rock was one of the best, if not the best, personalities when he yeah. was in wrestling. Mm-hmm. And he's been completely like sanitized in Hollywood. He just plays the same role, like you guys mentioned over and over again. Yeah, it's the biggest one of the biggest falloffs. It's yeah. tough, but he is uh, extremely rich and keeps getting lots yeah, of money I to do these say. things. And like running for president, joking. perhaps. But, but we can say he's not the actor that Dave Bautista is. Yeah, no, Yo, that's what I mean. yeah. yeah. Drax, Hotel Artemis, Dune. Yeah. Bautista got chops, man. Yeah, um, I want Bautista. By the way, your Civic came up the other day. My 95 Ultima, yeah. when it was on its last legs, um, the running joke with my friends is like, if it went over 80, it would start to do the Batista pyro where he'd oh, go like this and the machine God. gun Don't. pyro would go off. That's just what my car would do if it went over 80. <laughs> my, mom's, 80. my mom's watching right now and be like, God damn, I want to forget about that car. Yeah. You know where I won't be taking my car to this Sunday, uh, but I will be figuring out is I'm having a prehistoric uh, book signing in Markham, guys. Wow. Um, at the Cha Time downtown Markham location this Sunday, 2 to 4 p.m., 169 Enterprise Boulevard. A few people have messaged me, you know, uptown locations wanting me to be there because they want, you know, a book that they've purchased um, to be signed. So come through. I can personalize that for you. Also going to have a limited number of hard copy, hardcover copies there for sale. And we're also having an in-store raffle. Mm. If you come in by a bubble tea, you'll enter into a draw for a Cha Time prehistoric prize pack which will include a signed copy of my book and a hello and welcome hat. 
Wow. Via Will. Is so this why you asked me to bring a hello and welcome hat to the office today? Yes, sir. This Sunday, right. prehistoric uh, book signing, Cha Time, Downtown Markham, 2 to 4 p.m., 169 Enterprise Boulevard. I have a, an ignorant bubble tea question. Okay. Go ahead. Are there different like flavors of it or it's just like you get a bubble oh, tea and the man. tapioca balls are the flavor? Oh, How does that work? We need, just entered an entire world. We need Will to a take potential this sponsorship. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know oh yeah, what? we got to get Devlin back on for this. Uh, you know breaking what? news sources. Devlin has actually came up to us pregame yesterday and was like, where's my bubble tea deal? <laughs> and we're like, it's only for, oh, well, we can't say that because Blake's here too. We yeah. was like, it's only for Asians. Well, I mean, I clearly I'm bubble tea ignorant. I, no, no, no. Here's the thing. We got to say I saw your it's, top it's, 100 it's more, album list. It's more no, than just. I wasn't really familiar with your game. I wasn't familiar with your drink. Uh, it's more than just one segment that we can do on this. So yeah. I will say just for now, there are probably like hundreds of flavors basically at this yeah. point. How unserious. Yeah, we different, can, do, we different can give you 100 albums. Yeah. As in the things that they put into the drink. Yeah. Uh, different sugar levels, ice levels. We'll, we'll, we'll bring you some product. We have nothing on the rundown for tomorrow right now, so mm. get ready. Okay, you know what? Your Uber Eats order has arrived tomorrow <laughs> as well. I will be here tomorrow. Did I tell you? Actually, yeah. I told Will this story, but earlier this year I ordered um, Uber Eats as I do, and the, uh, the Uber Eats delivery person was uh, Chinese. Yeah. And you know how sometimes when they arrive, they're like, oh, what's your buzz code? Or yeah. like, hey, you got to let me up. This man straight up started texting me in Chinese. Yeah, he saw Wong. <laughs> but like, He's like, Alex Wong, you should be able to know what, you know, what I love you. Yeah, it means. Okay. All, I, all I wrote back was drop it off at the door in English. Yo, that's wild, man. <laughs> Anyways. What, do you, what were you ordering? Hungry Panda? <laughs> Probably McDonald's. <laughs> wow. Um, do your parents text you in Chinese? Or do they text you in Chinese? Uh, my parents text me in English, okay. but they speak to me in Chinese. Okay. So they send you voice notes. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. Mom, if you're watching, do not send me a three-minute voice note. No, send him a voice ever note. Ever again. And send me a voice note, too, but send it in Guoyu. All right, Shit, we're going to take, yeah, take a break. Another break. Time. I've been your host, Wolu. You've been listening to The Raptors Show on the Sportsnet Radio Network. Diving deep into Leafs, Raptors, Jays, and NFL, the J.D. Bunkus Podcast. Subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to the Raptor Show on the Sportsnet Radio Network. I'm your host, Swim Lou. Continue to be joined by co-host Blake Murphy. And we are joined on the line every week, once again, by Dennis Schroeder. Dennis, I was down at practice. I didn't see you, man. Um, you must have you must have got out early um, in preparation for this interview. So we appreciate you. How are you doing? Um, feeling good. Um, yeah, just had practice. I didn't see you either. Um, I think you got... Uh, Got there a little late. <laughs> uh, yeah, you know what? They they don't let the media in until you guys are absolutely done everything. Uh, first off, you had your 10,000th point yesterday. You crossed that mark. Uh, so congratulations. But also, I wanted to ask you, do you remember your first ever NBA basket? I uh, appreciate you. Um, no, the first NBA basket, no. But uh, first playoff basket, I remember against Indiana. Um, but, uh, we searched it yesterday on Google and, um, I had my first basket against Dirk, oh. uh, Dallas, 2013, uh, in October 26th, I believe. So, um, yeah, that's uh, pretty special. Yeah. I couldn't find the video of it, but uh, it just says in the box score that you got the assist from Damari Carroll. 
who was also a former Raptor. I don't know if you remember how Demar Carroll set yeah, you up. Yeah, that's my though. guy. Yeah, that's your guy? All right. No, I didn't. I mean, 2013, I couldn't shoot for nothing, so it probably was a layup or something like that. It does say it was a layup. I got the play by you. You came in the game and almost immediately. For sure. Bang. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. You got out the way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so the topic of the day around the NBA is keeping the ball for special occasions. Did you get the ball last night for your 10,000th? Yeah, I got it. Okay. (laughs) Uh, yeah, Giannis had a little trouble uh, I seen on uh, social media. Yeah, what are the yes, unwritten rules around that? Like, it does like are you guys aware when something like that happens that someone's going to grab the game ball? Is it on a teammate or assistant coach? Like, we had Kyle Lowry here for years, and he was like yeah. obsessed with always making sure they got the game ball for everyone. What are kind of the unwritten rules for that? I mean, I went to the locker room and I forgot. Um, I mean, people came to me and was like, oh, it's 10,000 uh, career point. And uh, went on social media, I seen it. And then I asked the PR guys if they can give me the game ball. And they said, oh, we're going to give it to you tomorrow. Don't worry. So, um, I mean, good organizations like Toronto is. Um, they made sure that I'm, you know, getting the ball, um, got it today. So uh, that's pretty, pretty special. Yeah, I, I I do wonder what happened yesterday because uh, <laughs> when you said the, when you when you beat one of uh, Kareem's records, I feel like you should get the game ball, especially when you're when when you also get the win there too. But uh, we'll we'll definitely yeah. talk about that a little uh, bit later. Especially at home. I mean, Indiana yeah. just took it for a guy. You know, I mean, I respect that too. Your first uh, career points, but I mean, you lost first of all, and then you know somebody got close to seventy points. You know, you you got to get that. Yeah. I also found out today uh, there's three official game balls for every game. But uh, and Gian- Giannis says there's only one that counts, though. Like, he, he, can you, like, is Giannis telling the truth that by the end of the game, you would know the feel of that, ga- that day's game ball yeah. versus another ball? Because Giannis says they swapped it out and he could tell. Oh really? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I can't. I couldn't. I couldn't tell. Yeah. I mean, he got the you know ball in his hands probably ninety uh, percent of the time, <laughs> so he got, probably yeah. can't tell. Yeah, he shot thirty um, free throws, so that means he had the ball for at least three hundred yeah. seconds. Yeah. Um, okay, yeah, let's talk no, about last night's game. You guys uh, were able to beat the Hawks. Obviously, um, the tricky coverage every time you play the Hawks is Trey Young, right? Speaking of a guy who with the ball in his hands a lot, he had thirty-five. He had seventeen assists as well. He had five tournaments. Like he basically had the ball for like more than half the game. You were on him for a lot of those possessions. Um, what was the specific like ideas and coverages that you guys really focused in on pregame in terms of preparing for a player like Trey, who could obviously score and also pass from pretty much everywhere? Yeah, I mean he's uh, one of the best, you know, pick and roll players in this league. Um, you know, uh, can shoot it from all three levels. Um, can pass it, you know, um, I mean, 16, 17 assists plus 35 points. I mean, that's really hard to get, you know, so um, uh, really, really efficient as well. But we did a great job, I think, in the, in the fourth quarter and in the third quarter to get stops um, and uh, limit him, you know, um, of making those, uh, I mean, 40 feet, 35 feet. I don't know how far um, he's shooting it from, but... Um, limiting those and uh just you know try to get him um pass it a little bit more and uh i think i mean we won the game and we're just gonna stick with that game plan probably for tomorrow 
In terms of that gameplay, I mean, maybe you're going to stick to that, to the Trey Young aspect. This is a rare time where you guys are playing the same team twice in a row. That's more of a playoff style. Um, how was practice and the film session today? Did it feel a little bit more like what you've experienced in the playoffs where you get to see a team a couple times? No, not really. I mean, we watched film, of course, uh, watched uh, good clips, um, and then the uh, worst clips or the bad clips um, just to get better. And then we got on the court, you know, and um, shot a little bit, the treatment, and then we got out of there. So, I mean, we playing them uh, again tomorrow. We just got to be ready um, with the same focus, same mentality, moving the ball. And uh, make sure we, you know, do it for 48 minutes like they did yesterday. Yeah. Um, well, on the topic of covering Trey, so we saw Darko change up the rotations, right? Typically, you would play a lot of the first quarter, and then you come out, uh, and then you close the second quarter. Same thing in the second half. Typically, you would play a lot of the first quarter or third quarter, uh, rest for a while, and then come in to close for the fourth quarter. We saw in the second half, when Trey Young came out the game early, because that's their substitution pattern, they like to take Trey Young out early in the first and in the third. Second half, you checked out when he checked out, and then you checked back into the game ahead of when you would typically play to go back against Trey Young. Um, you know, how, take me through that process of like, did Darko come to you with that idea? Did you have that idea? Did the coaching staff come with it? And and how did you think that helped? You know, limit at least Trey in the second half. Yeah, I mean, uh, first first quarter, I mean, I played, I think, uh, in the first nine minutes, mm -hmm. uh, yeah. eight or nine minutes, and uh, Trey was already out. And then uh, I got on the bench, and then he got it, you know, got it a little going and um, had like 14 or 17 points until I checked back in, you know. And I told coaches uh, maybe we, you know, match minutes, and the assistant coach had the same idea. And, um, but at the end of the day, I mean, it's, it's, it takes all five, you know, to stop a player like that. And I think we just all uh, did a great job of, you know, and engaged in the second half. Um, but I think it helps when you, you know, uh, match the minutes there with Trey and, um, you know, make it a little uncomfortable for him. Yeah. Can I also ask you a really technical question? Because I was watching the film back and... Obviously, the, the Hawks give Trey Young a lot of, like, ball screens, right? And it's a lot of pick and roll. And you obviously can't go under on a guy who's shooting from 40. So you got to go, th you got to, you know, get through and fight through that screen. Something I noticed you do, you, you do this technique where you spin around the screen and you try to get back yourself into the play, kind of um, navigating the screen like that. Have you, is that always something that you've done? And, and, you know, when, I guess, do you pick and choose to use that specific spin move to get back yourself into the play fighting through the screen? Yeah, I mean, been doing it probably my my whole career. Um, sometimes when the big, you know, sets it a little higher, and I know it's, it's tough for me to go over the screen. I can just, you know, spin under him and meet, um, you know, the the ball handler on the other side. Um, I mean, just some techniques uh, to, you know, try to be. <laughs> um, I mean, try to. The ball handler, you know, try to uh, get into him, uh, make sure that he don't have no space. Because I mean, when Trey Young has space and he just come off naked, then um, that's 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 too easy for him, and uh, that's what he always do. And um, you know, shooting threes, yeah, elite and floaters, elite and finishing as well. Um, you got to make it tough for him. So I always, you know, try to find ways 
watching a lot of film and um, just try to find ways to uh, be into his body. When it comes to Trey versus some other heavy usage pick and roll guys like a Steph, like a Dame, um, is there anything that Trey Young does differently than those guys that makes him kind of unique to cover? Uh, I mean, he got all the tricks to get to the free throw line as well. I mean, Steph is, uh, I mean, Steph is uh, similar, but Trey, I mean, sometimes it's a little like you behind him, you know, try to contest it, but then he just stops and shoots it, you know. He got so many tricks um, to get to the free throw line, and you got to be really aware of him, you know. Um, even putting your hand on him uh, is really, you know, dangerous because he just finds a way to um, get you tangled up and get to the free throw line. So, um, yeah, very unique player. All right, last question about uh, last night's game. Uh, there was a play, I think, in the third quarter, you were guarding against uh, Bogdan Bogdanovich, and he kind of swung through trying to get some space, and I think he put the elbow into your head. I think that resulted in a flagrant. I think you made the, the free throws afterwards, but um, you fell over and then immediately popped up, and I thought you were about to do something, but then you actually just grabbed the ball instead. So uh, take us through that play and, and, and sort of just like what was going through your mind in that moment because I thought it was going to be a scrap. No, he's still he just still met from uh, the the World Cup final. That's that's what it was. So I when I when I got up, I was like, ah, uh, I understand, you know. And it's uh, um, I put myself into his situation, so uh -huh. I was like, okay, I understand why he did that. So yeah, that's yeah. it. Yeah, so what do you think it like this has <laughs> happened to you a couple of times before like I I know you got into it with OG at, at one point PJ Tucker Jeff T you like this has happened for you a couple of times why do you why do you think that is are you are you is it just like the level of trash talk the level of intensity out there because it, it seems like you you know there are like Draymond gets in the most of these scuffles but you get in a few too. Yeah, I mean, it's competitive spirit, you know. Uh, at the end of the day, you want to win a game. You want to be competitive, you know. You want to make sure that everybody knows uh, on the court that, you know, you can just um, think it's not sweet. Um, so uh, you just go out there when people are just uh, doing certain things. Um, you know, what goes above the, you know, um, the line, then uh, you just got to talk back and make sure they, they know it's, it's, it's not cool. So... Um, I didn't like it, um, but at the end of the day, like I said, I I get it why you did it, and um, but that's I mean I gotta say too, he's not that type of player who is you know who's dirty or doing stuff like that, and um, but at the end of the day, it's, it's uh, it happened, and um, I mean we moved on very quickly. People in Toronto, when the Raptors signed you, remembered the incident with you and OG. Is that something you guys talked about at all, or is that kind of it just assumed that it's in the past once you guys are on the same team? I remember you at the time, you know, calling it a WWE move. It was. It was a WWE move, man. We might have frozen. I don't know. I know Dennis is going to have a stick answer to that. Yeah, for people who don't remember the context of that one, um, it was when the Raptors were playing in Tampa. And Dennis was, I think, in his first time around with the the L.A. Lakers. And um, it was kind of out of nowhere. Like, I don't remember OG and Dennis ever having any beef. But the Raptors were slow out the gate. Uh, surprise, surprise. Uh, they, they got down early. Uh, and I believe OG 
got out on the fast break and Dennis, you know, being a point guard was kind of the first man back. Uh, and yeah, OG went up for the layup and Dennis kind of caught him mid-air or OG maybe caught Dennis mid-air. I forget which way it was, but regardless, uh, OG kind of picked him up and, and, and dropped him and it led to uh, an ejection for OG. So yeah, Dennis, uh, are, are you guys good now? You and OG good now after uh, that, that very, very random WWE encounter you guys had? Yeah, I mean, uh, there was, uh, I had to, you know, in Vegas, I think it was uh, when I first signed my contract, I seen him and it's like, man, what, what was that about? You know, because I never <laughs> talked to him before that. And uh, he was like, man, listen, it was competitive or whatever and the emotions. And, I mean, we good now, you know, he's my teammate, you know, I go um, every single night, you know, to go uh to battle with him and uh, to get W's. So, um, yeah, we, we over with. Yeah. Okay. I, I wanted to ask you something because you're, you've been in like a decent amount of like, not fights, but just like, you know, injections or sort of face to face kind of things. And you're also European. And this idea got brought up by some other podcasters, former NBA players actually, uh, in response to Draymond, because Draymond obviously is suspended again. He, he got into another fight, whatever. And they pointed out the idea that Draymond is like, going after Europeans. Um, you, you know Draymond. You played a lot in the Western Conference. I'm sure you, you played him in the playoffs last year. Uh, what, what what do you think about this specific idea? I mean, that's just... Uh, I don't think that's, that's very true uh, that he goes for Europeans. Uh, I think he's just a competitive guy who uh, want to win. Um, he didn't. I, I don't think he meant to to hit him as well. I mean, he holded his jersey, um, and he just tried to, you know, swing. But I mean, he did hit him very bad. So, um, but I mean, it wasn't intentional. I feel like um, I know, and I play cards with him, um, and. I mean, he's a he's a very very cool guy, but when he gets on the court, he's just competitive as hell. So, um, I really respect that about Draymond, and um, hopefully, you know, of course, uh, he apologized to Nurkic, but hopefully, you know, um, he can play again soon because I mean, it's just a competitive spirit about it. Um, of course, he hit him very very bad, but I mean, he, it wasn't intentional, I believe. Yeah. Well. That's that's good. That's good to to hear that because I, I think people who are how they are on the court is how they are off the court. I, I it's different because I I think for 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 him as well, it's just too many incidents in a row. You know what I mean? Like it's just too many in a row. Um, getting suspended yeah. indefinitely is wild though. I, I've never seen a suspension like that. You know? Uh, me neither. I don't I don't know. They uh, the NBA going to do their job. But the one thing about Dylan Brooks, he's Canadian. I didn't yeah. I didn't know about it either. We had him in the playoffs last year and uh, met him this summer in Germany, played yeah. against him, but met him afterwards. And uh, he's another guy who is, you know, kind of misunderstood. And um, he's really a good guy off the court. And um, I mean, that's people just, you know, know them on the court and see what they do there, you know, and uh, they get judged by it. So, I mean, it is what it is. But. It's tough to, people get nicknames too. You know how Dylan, he's, he's calling himself Dylan the villain, just like how you're Dennis the menace, you know, yeah. like. It, I did, I didn't give you uh, that, uh, I, I didn't give me that, um, that nickname. Uh, I remember when I got to the Lakers, uh, Bond always said the menace. Uh, I remember that, but I mean, I never watched the movie either, so uh, <laughs> okay. I don't really, 
Um, yeah, but I mean, yeah. Yeah. I mean, you talk about the WWE stuff. Dylan Brooks leans into that. Like, he oh, dresses yeah. like yeah. a WWE character. He's, you know, does the big <laughs> stare down before every game and stuff now. Uh, he's leaning into it. No, but I, I feel like for every team, like, you need somebody with an edge. You know, otherwise, like, you know what I mean? Like, otherwise, you just get people run you over too much. It, it's yeah. it's competitive sports. Like, people are always going to try to push that envelope. And somebody's got to say, like, no, that's that's the line. Obviously, you can't be punching people. But, you know, you, you got to know where you, you got to stand up for yourself and you got to stand up for your teammates, most importantly. Yeah, and it was Serge here for a couple of years. James Johnson before that. James Johnson actually just yeah. signed with the Pacers today. He's back in the league. Um, oh, yeah? Yeah, maybe for, for something like that, too. So, I, I mean, you trace the history of the Raptors. There, there have been some here, too. Yeah, Dennis, is, is there a... Is James there a Johnson. Yeah. James Johnson, yeah. He, uh, he That's, had... uh, I played with him in Atlanta. Um, yeah. Really, really great guy. Um but uh, you gotta be careful. <laughs> Yo, I gotta ask you. There was always a story he would tell where he could like do a f like he would flip and kick up like kick the, the the mesh. I don't know if you ever seen him do this before, but he would he was a, in Toronto twice, and he would tell the story where he could do a backflip and kick the the mesh of the rim like he was Jackie Chan or something. I don't know if you have ever seen this from him. <laughs> Never seen it. Never seen it. Okay, maybe we're just believing anything that NBA players yeah. tell us. Yeah, he also, I mean, he trains <laughs> MMA and, and, like, recently said he could beat, like, most of the UFC guys, Yo, too, it, so. He's, like, he's. I think he's undefeated in his, like, actual fighting career. Yeah, right? but, like, he's, like, coming at UFC guys. That's, like, you okay. having a good pickup game and being, like, yeah, I could take Dennis. I could, for the record, Dennis, I cannot <laughs> take you, man. I cannot take yeah, you. Yeah, man, you sweet. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, oh, we got to see, buddy. We got to see, all right? You understand, I'm also a different person on the court. So, all right, Dennis, we run out of time, man, but I, I appreciate you. I'm next, playing, man. Yo, next week, we're going to ask you about Jeff Teague, all right? Because I looked up the video, and there's one time where Jeff Teague tried to push you or try to fight you or something. We're going to get an answer out of this because I know there's something spicy there for sure. Oh, Jeff, I just heard a podcast about him, too, but uh, I'm looking forward to that conversation next week. All right, Dennis, appreciate you, man. Okay. Right. That was uh, Dennis Schroeder, Raptors point guard. We, uh, I, I think, you know, I, I, as much as it's really interesting to talk about, like, super niche things, like how he navigates a screen, I also love the NBA so much for what happens off the court. Fighting over a game ball. Fighting over the unwritten rules. Fighting just because of fighting. And I, I like that human element of the sport, too. And it was great to get Dennis's perspective. By the way, if you search Dennis Schroeder fights on, on YouTube, yeah. you'll see a lot of hits. That's just saying. That's yeah. all. What you, you know about You that, talk man. about James Johnson's fight record. Yeah. We're, we're not too far away from Dennis Schroeder having a little thing on his Wikipedia page, too. Yeah. You sweet, bro. Nah, that's going to be a clip. That's tough. <laughs> you a sweeter man. Uh, once, as, as both different, of you guys know. Different uh, use of the, the term sweet with yeah. those two. As both of you guys know, oh, I'm a different person on the court. We're going to take another break. Three points in 40 minutes. Yeah, but how many fights? I'm your host, Will Lou, and you were listening to The Raptors Show on the Sportsnet Radio Network. Big guests and bigger opinions on everything happening in Leafsland. Real Kipper and Born. Be sure to subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.
Welcome back to the Raptor Show on the Sportsnet Radio Network. I'm your host, Wim Lou. I am joined for segment three. We're going to go around the NBA with my two co-hosts, Blake Murphy, Alex Wong. Alex, you always take us around the league. So what's going on, man? We're we're not going that much around, man. I think okay. we're just going to spend this whole segment about Giannis's game ball. Oh, I can't uh, wait. We're not going to talk about Grady Dick getting the GQ interview? Oh, yeah. A little feature? Uh, ball. Assigned to the Raptors 905 today. Yeah. Is, uh, yeah, in GQ. No, I had a chance to do a quick Q&A with him. I remember. It was, a couple I, weeks ago. I was ago. interviewing Garrett Temple. You were waiting for Garrett Dick. Or <laughs> Garrett Dick? <laughs> Grady Dick. Uh-oh. I'm sorry. Uh-oh. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was cool. Just had a chance to catch up with. What was Grady. your favorite answer he gave you? You know, um, the night before the interview, um, we were out, me and you, yes. with Lee Van Osman. Yeah. And um, Jerome. Black and Dragon. Jerome, shows a Black Dragon role, having skewers at uh, Mainlander's favorite spot. Yeah. And Lee Van being born in, I believe, 1999, mm-hmm. um, was teaching me just Toronto slang. Yeah. You guys were all teaching me. Toronto slang. So yep. I learned about sweeter mans, mm-hmm. uh, amongst other things. And so I ended up just asking Grady about it. Yeah, the next morning. Literally the following morning. Yeah, I think Grady thought I said sweater mans. I think that's why he gave the answer that he gave. But what was the answer? I forgot. Anyways, All go right. read it at GQ. Right. Um, yeah, Giannis Atantacumpo last night scored 64 points. Mm-hmm. In a blowout win over the Pacers, uh, in-season tournament revenge game for the Milwaukee Bucks. They were playing at home. And, yeah, all kinds of stuff happened after the game. Um, He uh, incorrectly thought the Pacers had run away with the official game ball because you guys had clarified that there's three different balls. Well, that's actually the official – because we were talking about this at practice and uh, shouts to Phil on, on Raptors PR – Phil came in, and we were talking about it, and he joined the conversation. He's like, did you guys know there's actually three official game balls? Hmm. Typically, obviously, you would just use the one, but, like, I don't know. Let's say something happens. They have the backup, and there's a backup for the backup. So Giannis could have conceivably gotten maybe not the official game ball, like the secondary backup game ball. I don't know. This is the most anyone's talked about game balls. So let's take it through the sequence, and I'll stop and get your thoughts on this. So, like, Giannis runs to the tunnel. There's some, like, you know, footage in the back of, you know, some of the Pacers shouting back and forth. Um, I think one of them, you could hear them being like, yeah, no, we're going to keep the ball. And Giannis <laughs> is, like, throwing a whole fit. I think a security guy is trying to hold Giannis back. The Nasus is there, like, ready to throw hands. Of course Even before there. we know all of this other information that eventually comes out, which I'll share, like, what did you guys make of just Giannis wanting this game ball uh, this much? Yeah, I mean, Dennis's point that they're the home team uh, resonated with me. Like, I, I hadn't considered that necessarily. Mm-hmm. That, like, yeah, I mean, it makes sense that whoever the home team is is in charge of the game balls and they're going to clear the court or whatever. And they have first dibs. If you won and you're the home team, you have first dibs. So um, I get the being upset. I think probably a better way to get the ball would have been to just, like, grab a Pacers assistant or Tyrese Halliburton or whatever and just be like, hey, can I get that ball back? Like, I just scored 64. Mm. Um, but that game, I went back and watched some of it because I was fascinated when I got home of what is 64 points uh, when it's 32 free throws look like. And it's exactly what it sounds like, by the way. You just watch a whole game of free throws. Mm. Yeah, That's first, it. Um, first that, game have, that, that game must have been like a Yankees-Red Sox game. That must have been like <laughs> yeah. four hours of Giannis taking 32 free throws. era Red Sox-Yankees. But anyway, um, this game was pretty heated before that. Oh, yeah. So now that you know everything that trickles out after, like, I can kind of see having watched the game back now and see how chippy it was and 
you know, there was a moment in the late in the game where Thanasis tried to jump off the bench and like grab <laughs> grab Jay Crowder and was like, Jay, hold me back. Yeah, hold to be back. clear. Come <laughs> here and hold me back. If you watch the tape, Thanasis hooks uh, his teammate, Jay yeah. Crowder, <laughs> and then proceeds to tell yeah. Jay Crowder to hold him back. Right, yeah. You know what, Thanasis? Keep your NBA roster spot. <laughs> the entertainment value is immense. Um, anyways, so the pace. That's basically what it was. Pacers, Pacers <laughs> wanted Pacers wanted the ball for uh, Blake. You're gonna have to help me with, here with this player's name, Oscar Shibway. There we go. There we um, go. Oscar Fort Wayne Matt, or I guess they're the Indiana Mad Ants now. I'm so mad when G League teams change their name from like the cool. This is such a G League. They, they were all Mad Ants last yeah, night the after Mad the game. Mad Ants. The uh, the Oscar Shibway Mad Ants jersey <laughs> yeah. is gonna it's gonna go hard. Oh, that would hit different. Um, so they wanted the ball for this rookie who scored his first career point on in splitting this game. a pair of free throws at yeah, the free he, throw line. he had a Jakob. He split a he split a pair of free throws. And this was only ever an issue because uh my man, the rookie, actually scored against the Lakers in the in season tournament finals. But because stats don't count in the finals, this was his first career point. Well I mean it'd be it'd be pretty incredible if they took the game ball away from LeBron. <laughs> For winning, I the mean, Adam Silver wouldn't even let kids on the court after the game. It's like, oh, sorry, uh, I know you guys won the in-season tournament. I know this is the first ever. I know that you you won in-season tournament MVP, but no, we're gonna need it for Oscar, like <laughs> for our free throw in do the fourth you, quarter. Do you think though, like at this point, and I, I'm not saying obviously you couldn't yeah. get the game ball for that, but like LeBron has done so many things, like at yeah. the court that's at the James Family Compound, are the racks of basketballs that they're playing with just filled with like game balls and memorabilia balls yeah, and yeah. LeBron has no idea which one is from which game because he's done like 400 of these things well I also think that like yes yeah, so for example for for LeBron he definitely he probably has like a professional who comes around every single day to just keep those things inflated mm -hmm. uh, more than anything else because he I, I mean he's got like so many records including literally the points record uh, but like it has to be worth an incredible amount of money like if I yeah. could get a game ball like Kyle Lowry style, I would just because it's so much money. Like, for example, so obviously Kyle is, is so well-known in Toronto for doing that. Mm -hmm. He got the game ball, for example, for very significant moments, like Kawhi's shot. He got the uh. game ball. He uh, The whole building, 20,000 people, was in absolute pandemonium. Joel Embiid is in tears walking through the tunnel. Mm. Uh, we're jumping up and down in media row, and the only guy who stays sane in the whole moment is Kyle Lowry. Kyle Lowry! Kyle Larry goes to get that game ball. I mean, maybe it was me in that commercial. That uh, dude, that dude's sweet too. Man. <laughs> yeah, no, he's sweet. He's saccharin. Um, trying to play the boy like he's saccharin, but like he he got the ball in that moment. He got the ball yeah. after the Raptors won the ball. championship in 2019. Kyle, you know, a surge went to jump and he had to grab the rim. Kyle actually <laughs> grabbed the ball because the Warriors, I think, chucked the the, the other way. Of course, <laughs> surge kills me. <laughs> anyway, but like. He does that, but he also Which, does even small things. Like, I remember when Sergio Scariolo, as an assistant coach, yeah, got his first win. First win, yeah. Kyle made sure to get the game ball for him there, yeah, too. Yeah, true leader, man. And, but he, it's got to be worth a ton of money. Like, do you think Kyle's like, yo, give me the money Why are you so financial? What are you no. doing, Rovell, right now? I mean, it's not worth a ton of money if you're, like, Oscar <laughs> Shibway or Sergio Scariolo. Okay. It's worth a lot of money if it's like a LeBron, I set the points record yeah. ball yeah. or something like that. But no, I think you would do that out of the goodness of your heart because it's mostly okay. sentimental value. Like, sure, maybe there's a like uh, dinner's on me or something like that. But something you said there yeah. gets to something else in that the way the NBA tracks these things 
Sergio Scariolo has zero wins as an NBA head coach. That okay. doesn't count. Like, if you remember the year Steve Kerr was out with back issues and yeah. Luke Walton was like 9-0 and or whatever, those didn't count for Luke Walton's record. Those are Steve <laughs> Kerr wins because he's that coach. NBA math is so weird. So, I know. And this is like a, such a weird thing. I saw someone make the point yesterday of like, well, in-season, how can you raise a banner for an in-season tournament if the stats don't count? First of all, the stats count for everything except for the finals. But like yeah. playoff stats don't count toward your like LeBron's record points or record mm. minutes or anything like that. Yeah, it's they, a separate thing. You you raise a banner to. for the championship; those stats don't count. Yeah, they need to fix that. By the way, they, Derek. they do. I think what I think what they should do is take the in season tournament final and the play in games and just like make them an other category on Basketball Reference or NBA.com or whatever. No, the, the stats need to be somewhere. Derek Brandeo submitted into my ear that Kyle is the game ball mamba. So, oh yeah, that's, that's pretty actually, good. Yeah, that's pretty good. But my point is, it's like when he, like, so he takes a game ball after Kawhi's shot. Mm-hmm. Kawhi's probably like, "Yo, man, thanks for getting the ball." He's like, "Yo, I'm still leaving in six weeks. <laughs> Two it's, more series. It's fine. It's fine. Actually, yeah. he, he gave us. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna have a. Pray. He actually said sides yet. He said goodbye. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but what? Like, you don't think Kyle was like, "All right, man, you want this game? You want this ball from your historic moment, Game Seven? Yeah. Two racks. Which ball? No, man. No? All right. Which ball? I would. Why, why'd you turn into Darren Rovell in the last five minutes? Um, Which ball would you guys rather have? The Kawhi shot or the championship? Game six. Uh, That's a tough one. That is a really tough one. That's, That's a, a tough great one. question. Probably ta- the Kawhi shot, I'm though. taking Kawhi shot, too. It's yeah. cooler. Yeah. What about you, Blake? Yeah, I mean, it has, it has more of a moment, right? Like, yeah. it's, you can attach that to something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Game six of the final. I mean, it would be cool to have the game ball still, but, like, Oh, yeah. The shot, you could just, I don't know, how often would you just, like, grab it and, like, in your house, like, yeah. replay I think it. Will would just, like, I think. Very <laughs> careful not to put your fingertips yeah. on the actual, yeah, yeah. you know, authentication. I think honestly, that should go into a museum. Those should go into, like, yeah. a, like, some sort of Canadian sporting museum. I'm not even kidding. Yeah. Maybe no, the no, Naismith no. Hall of Fame, actually. Is anyway, so now continuing on in this timeline, yeah. um, Giannis runs back out because he doesn't have the ball <laughs> now that he's gone to the back. And uh, Lloyd Pierce, assistant on the Pacers. Lloyd Banks. <laughs> and Tyrese Halliburton. He's on fire. And some of the lip readers online. Yeah. Um, you know, Giannis goes to Tyrese Halliburton, starts yelling at both of them. And Dame Lillard is there, too. Like, they're all having a post-game conversation. Chris Middleton's there. No, but Dame and everyone else is chilling. Chilling, chilling. Everyone Giannis comes. Chilling. He's like, he's like Avon Barksdale season three. He's like pointing at Tyrese. And the lip readers are saying, he told Tyrese, you got to go get the ball. Yeah. Like, he was telling Tyrese Halliburton to go get the ball. Uh-huh. And then after all this, they do their post-game scrum, and Rick Carlisle of the Pacers reveals that they didn't actually have the official game ball. And they took the reserve ball, and there's video footage that the actual game ball was already handed to a security guard right after the game. Uh-huh. So basically, like, they threw a fuss about nothing, even though both teams were being, well, the Pacers were being petty. The Pacers were being petty. And then they sent out a tweet about the rookie, Oscar. Yeah. Oscar yeah. Shibuya. Yeah, yeah. Shibway. You know what this reminds me of? I think, um, obviously, like, we do a two-hour show every day about this team, and, you know, we, we watch so much of our time is spent Five watching basketball, playing basketball, writing about basketball, talking about basketball, interviewing players, researching, yeah, yeah. blah, blah, blah. Tape. Right? Just so much basketball. And at the end of the day, practice. it's a children's game. And these are grown 30-year-old, in the cases of Giannis, like, pretty much halfway to a billionaire, and it's still just them yeah. playing this silly game like it, it was just the whole thing is so silly like this is what what happened in a grade three playground ball okay like, Let, the, can i know. ask you guys a question that maybe it, it informs why the pacers were the way they were sure yes so there's six minutes left in this game mm-hmm. the bucks are up by 16 mm-hmm. 
Giannis scored 17 of his points in the last six minutes, including getting subbed back in with two minutes left in a 20-point game. Mm. Do you think that made the Pacers extra petty? No, because the Pacers are really good at making comebacks. They have... So there was a game the first time. Oh, so the sorry, Pacers, it was down to a 10-point game when he yeah. came back in with two minutes left. Here's the thing. The Pacers have already played the Bucks three times already this season. First time they played each other, uh, Adrian Griffin got himself ejected from the game. Kind of as a motivational, you know, like sometimes with our free, the coaches are like, let me get myself ejected. Let's see if my team will respond to this, right? So Joe Prunty had to call us out coaching <laughs> no, that team. That's a Joe Prunty. He's been there forever. Yeah, I think he coached Kareem as well. But he's, like He's sweet. He coached Lou Alcindor, actually. <laughs> That's what happened. Um, but like that game, Giannis had like 50-plus. And the Pacers end up making a comeback and winning the game. Then they play each other in the in-season tournament, I believe, semifinals. Uh, and they obviously knocked them out of that one. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, a- another kind of frustrating game. And so the third time around, if I'm Adrian Griffin, I'm not taking Giannis out until the game's over. Like, I need to make sure I actually get this win over with. So if that means Giannis is going to put up some extra points, if he's going to go to the foul line more, so be it. Yeah, and I think regardless of the of the game situation, like the the other team, in this case the Pacers, they're going to be hurt. Like when someone puts up 64 on you, it's going to hurt, right? Especially like, on free throws mostly. Yeah, and it's an ego yeah. thing, right? Like you let this guy just kind of dominate you in that way. Um, yeah, I don't know, man. Like Giannis just cared about this game ball like 20% too much for me. <laughs> 200% more. <laughs> yeah, it's just, yeah. I don't know, man. The Bucks are just, just weird stories coming out of Milwaukee. Like Bobby Portis challenging Adrian Griffin. Yeah. This, like, they, they just don't seem very, like, locked in on things right now. Well, the funniest part, too, is how quickly do you think they made the phone call to Chris Haynes? <laughs> Why are they always in the same building, by the way? <laughs> oh, anyways. Dave's like, you wouldn't believe what happened che- today. Check the tape in May, but the Bucks got second-round exit written all over them to me right now. Oh, and I this, can't wait for the fallout after that and one, this too. counts. this counts towards that. 64 oh. points was your championship? That's <laughs> that's what it's going to feel like after? Anyways, and you yeah. mentioned this, Blake, to, to Dennis Schroeder, is that uh, Giannis was asked. Um, he talked about the ball after the game, and he said that he couldn't really say for sure if it was the official game ball because it didn't feel like the game ball from tonight from the game. And that's where he kind of lost me. Yeah. I mean, Dennis, Dennis was kind of <laughs> shot it down right away. I was like, like, look, I, I get it. Like, you know, the captains decide on the ball before the game based on, you know, how, how does it feel? You know, where's the grip? How worn down is this ball? How yeah. new or how old is it? But yeah, the idea that in the heat of the moment, when you're really, really mad, someone hands you a ball and you're like, that's not it. Mm. That's not it. Take it it's, back. Yeah. I don't know, man. But of all people who would know, which, ball was the game ball it'd be Giannis because again if he shot the well, yeah he's yeah. Been 32, 32 moments just looking at it like this and you know Giannis takes 25 seconds to shoot every free throw it's the freaking shot clock a, violation every time he shoots it man this is a guy who put up a, a 50 burger in like a championship clinching game yeah I'm sure he has the game ball from that. Yeah. So maybe I, he just really dislikes Michael Red and was like, "Get him out of the Bucks <laughs> record books." That 57-point game has to go down. That's I get. Fine. I get. Trust me, 64 points is incredible. Mm. Franchise record, all this stuff, whatever we want to talk about. Record but, for most points by a combined pair of brothers in yeah, a game, yeah, yeah, yeah. as you pointed out after the game. <laughs> but like, this should be Thanasis's <laughs> job just to get Giannis's game balls. No, but like, Giannis has accomplished way bigger things than this. For him to care this much. Yeah. It's just it's just yeah. not like this is like Ricky Davis behavior to me. Yeah. Oh, well, you know, like, Giannis does have a streak of that corniness. Like if we're gonna be completely hundred percent honest about it. I'm not it. gonna turn on Giannis because no, I'm feel not like turning he's, on Giannis. He's still coming. Except so. that he's corny. He's coming, bro. He's coming. When Union Station is done, it's twenty twenty seven. 
You know what? Chatanakumbo is coming. <laughs> All three. <laughs> the NASA. I mean, Alex has already been here. Yeah, nine oh five legend Alex Chatanakumbo. <laughs> Right. Yeah, so that's about it. Do the do the Bucks and Pacers play again, or is that it for them? I mean, how many times can you play the same they, team in a month? And aren't the Bucks they just play a, back to back? I think in January. Aren't they yeah. the same team? They did just neither of them are good at defense. They uh, just try to outscore you. They're very different teams, but <laughs> but like, don't, isn't don't they try to win the same way? Like the Bucks are not a good defensive team, right? Yeah. Nah. Well, they, they flipped it back to like what they did before. Because again, they just like told Edgar Griffin, like, you're a rookie, buddy. <laughs> go, go sit over there. But by the way, Indiana's yeah. start to the 2024 calendar year uh-huh. might uh, be when the shine comes off of the nice Pacer yeah. story. Mm-hmm. So they start Milwaukee, Milwaukee, uh-huh. January 1st to January 3rd, then have the Hawks, then have Celtics, Celtics. Wow. So a lot of in-season tournament rematches there, yeah. but also like, yeah, we'll, we'll get to know a little bit about this Pacers team because the Bucks will obviously be be hungry in, in those two to kind of get a little revenge there. The Celtics probably want to s- test their defense uh, a little better this time and, and having yeah. Porzingis there. Like as much as regular season meetings can matter, I think that stretch of five games is, uh, that's a yeah. tough first eight days to the calendar year. Damn, it seems like Indiana should get a big wing that could maybe help them defend Giannis next time. Man, you know where Bobby sits, man. Go talk to him. Um, <laughs> yeah, we do know um, where he sits. Yeah, we're going to have Andy Lou join us in the final segment, so we're saving the Draymond okay, suspension for I have that. one last yeah. Giannis thing. For you. Yes. Yeah, go ahead. Do you think the Pacers signing James Johnson today is a direct response oh, to what happened Oh, it was the Pacers who signed him? Yeah. Oh, buddy. Like, they watched that go down, and they were like, we've got Yo. a roster spot. we got to use it on... James I, Johnson. I, I think what they watched went down was on court, and they realized they need someone who might just play defense. Yeah. Uh, I now need garbage time where James Johnson is on the court as Thanasis is on the court. First off, Thanasis, on a per-minute basis, in terms of how much I enjoy a player, mm. his efficiency of, like, great entertainment to like minutes played ratio is is through the roof. He's like the he's like the Jose Calderon assist to turnover Brother, ratio. Man. Like, Blake and I were in the media amazing. room yesterday, just tracking the box score because Giannis was coming down the stretch here mm-hmm. last thirty seconds. Giannis checks in, uh, Thanasis checks in minus nine in one minute. <laughs> That's why they had to put Giannis back in. Yo, <laughs> what? That's not possible. Like this man defying physics, man. How you go minus nine in one minute? The shot clock is twenty four seconds. So he came. He came in at three twenty four. Yeah, they were up nineteen. Uh huh. Ben Shepard makes a three. Yeah. Oscar Shibway gets a free throw. Nice. Ben Shepard pulls up a mid-ranger, then hits another three. So this is almost just Ben Shepard doing this. Uh, he has eight of the nine of points. And then the, and then the Bucks have to oh, call a timeout and put Giannis back in the game. Yeah. Yo. They got Shepard's pie over there. So, that, so they uh, tell me that they had five possessions or four possessions? <laughs> and got in nine that points. one minute? Yeah. Wow. <laughs> the seven seconds. Anybody turns into seven seconds or less sons. When ben Shepard went there. Tracy McGrady against the <laughs> Nassas. He heated up that Shepard's pie real quick. Oh, Pistons oh, update. Yeah. Pistons, I believe it was Dave Dufour who mentioned this on Twitter that the Pistons, Draymond has as many suspensions this year as the Pistons have wins. Mm. Pistons fell to two. Who's the real bad boy? <laughs> oh, boy. Pistons fell to two and 22 yeah. yesterday, losing. Hard. 
to <laughs> to the Sixers. And for those that have been following, that they're, they're sponsored by Wingstop, so they've been slowly moving the Wingstop logo away from the Pistons logo <laughs> on the finals graphic. Last night, it moved to the bottom right corner. Yeah, do you have? Is there like a clause in their sponsorship contract that allows them to stop advertising Wingstop in this way? Like, I don't want to be associated uh, with this. So I feel so bad for them. Blake, man. Blake Blake came up with a, another wrinkle as we were talking about yesterday yeah. that the Pistons might potentially be breaking the all-time, like, across two seasons losing streak um, record because Toronto will be visiting Detroit on December 30th. Uh, Blake, what, what are the Raptors doing the night before? Yeah, the, the Raptors have a back-to-back Boston and Detroit. So Detroit mm. potentially going for this historic losing streak against the Raptors on the second night of a back-to-back. God. And if the Raptors can pull that out, we look at the Pistons' schedule, we look at the Spurs' schedule, mm. there's a possibility that when those two teams meet on January 10th, first of all, those two and the Wizards go this entire time not beating anyone until two of them meet again. Yeah. But it could potentially be two... Th- and this is a couple weeks away, so yeah, it's yeah, probably not going to happen. I mean, it But could, it would though. be two 30-plus game losing streaks against each other. Like, Ooh. both of those teams would have broken the losing streak record uh, ahead of that matchup. It's, it's yeah. been so long. We've had Ben Golliver on twice. The Wizards have moved now, apparently. They're to moving Virginia. to Virginia. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. it's getting kind of wild. But anyways, this is the fear in the back of every Raptors fan's head right now it should be a fear for you is december 30th again the schedule before that for the pistons philly milwaukee atlanta utah brooklyn brooklyn boston they could beat utah i think yeah they I could mean, be brooklyn so in one of those portland games. plays utah tonight and yeah. utah's on the second night of a back-to-back it's the first time all season portland's been a favorite in a game yeah uh, That's where Utah's yeah. at. Yo, the NBA going the Premier League route, man. There's just three teams every year that just don't get any points. Shouts to Everton. Not, not, not this year, though. Just 10 Everton. Not this year. Don't who's, play who's the clip. relegated this year? Not Everton this okay. time. They got... Uh, they Is got that Derek's team? Is that Sean why you... Dyche. Yeah. Is it? Okay. That's why. Yeah, I know he's scrambling for that. That's uh, why we call Gerard, Derek. That's why we, clip, that's so why we call him Chang. <laughs> we're going to take this break. Uh, I'm your host, Will, who you've been listening to the Raptors show on the Sports Night. When we come back, let's talk about Draymond Green and, and what's going on with the Warriors. Fresh views on everything in the National Football League. It's the Fan Checkdown with Matt Marchese and Donovan Bennett. Subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to the Raptors show on the Sportsnet Radio Network. I'm your host, William Lou, joined by my co-host, Blake Murphy, Alex Wong. Sorry, this is what the intro music made me kind of want to do. Mm. Um, what's going on, guys? We, we're going to get Andy Lou on the line. Yeah, uh, we're, we're going to go. Wake to, up, Andy. We're going to go to San Fran. But uh, before we do that, a little news that we got during the break. Yeah. A uh, friend of the show, Martin Rickman of mm. Dime, is down in Mexico. Yeah, pan and, the camera to me, please, as Blake talks. Thank yes. you. And he sent a, a picture of he's, like, at a pool bar in Mexico, and we're on. Mm. We're on TV. We are the number one basketball show in Canada and Mexico, I'm now going to claim, with no please evidence to back that up. Please pan the camera to me. Hola. Anybody? Alex is no. desperate to get this. It is your birthday sign We're up for Martin to do Richmond. A shout out. Okay, because I guess not. I, nobody is listening. Okay, I guess they're still Thanks. trying to get Andy on. <laughs> All right, one thing at a time. Yeah, yeah, they're trying to get Andy on. By the way, shout out. Okay, I'm not even on. Okay, you can't even read my lips. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna do a lip Whoa. reading. Whoa. What is going on? Superimposed. 
Anytime Yo. we try to get a Zoom and three people on, a ghost appears in this no. studio. Don't don't turn that <laughs> off. Run run that back. That should be how we. That should be the shot for the show all the time. All right. Like a, a ghost, Alex. As we get as we got Andy Lou, aka Soju Otani, on. Uh-huh. Um, quick on air. Um, you know, show planning for tomorrow. Got you, Pascal. Let's talk about Pascal extension talks tomorrow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Okay. That's right. Yeah. Um, let's talk about uh, the Ringer put out their quarterly awards. I know we did some fake awards last week. We're let's go, let's go through the real awards. Okay. All right. And uh, yeah, you guys want anyone else on? Lewis Aspen, maybe? No. I don't. I don't know. It's a Friday. We can Just kick it around. Negotiating live yeah. on air, man. We can't do this off the air. Yeah, Joining we- us now is Andy Lou, the famous Andy Lou, Bay Area's finest, um, Soju Otani from the Light Years podcast. Andy, what's good, man? Are you also out indefinitely like Draymond? I, uh, good riddance. <laughs> I'm kidding. But thank you. Uh, thanks for having me on, uh, gentlemen. I, I am not out indefinitely, although I should be maybe as a Warriors fan. But wow. sometimes I feel like I complain being a Warriors fan and people don't like that. So maybe, maybe I won't do it. No, no, no. no. But we are cooked. We are cooked. <laughs> yo, I keep backing your team because these guys always ask me, like, yo, you know, are, are the Warriors going to be okay? Do you still believe in them? I, You're I think, like, like the other the day, over. like, yeah, yeah. Like the over and, like, they're the team I'm most confident will crack the top six in the West still. It's because I believe in Steph Curry, all right? Uh, I, I don't think it's a bad bet to make necessarily, but I've also seen so many Warriors games where you guys are in the lead, up 10, up 20, and then you guys just do the dumbest things possible from top down and then you guys end up choking the game. Like, can Andy, can you give us, like, what, what's wrong with the Warriors, man? What's wrong with y'all? Like, you guys just beat yourselves yeah. half the time. You ever seen, like, what's your favorite heist movie? You guys ever seen, like, some really oh, good... Oceans? Oceans is great, yeah. right? Oceans yeah. is great. Like, yeah. Italian job. Sure, I know yeah. some the of those perfect score ones. starring Darius Miles, which we talked about yes. the other day on the All show. Right. Yeah. Wow, that is OG. OG. Yeah. So, <laughs> the Andrew Wiggins, Clay Thompson... Uh, Draymond Green, mm. three of the best heist thieves I've ever seen in my life. They are stealing money, stealing money from the Warriors right now. Combine those salaries together. I think they're at about $100 million. Oh, man. And uh, they are giving value of nothing to that to that amount. Yeah. Um, that's how I feel about this team. That's why they're, they're playing very poorly. Um, they're actually a really good basketball team. If, and hypothetically, if I sound like a Rockets fan or a Cavs fan that used to say that when they played the Warriors all the time, if those guys actually play to the maybe 78th percentile of who they are, instead, I think you would say Andrew Wiggins is playing to the about the floor level option Mm. of who he is, right? Like in baseball, he'd be probably like a negative one war player, maybe negative two. Um, And Klay Thompson is, is maybe, maybe like, the like a, giving zero value so like nothing super good but like he's not terrible so he's mm. still solid and then Draymond Green who's actually been really good but doesn't make it through any of the games <laughs> he's played maybe half the games of the season and he's probably never gonna wear a Warriors jersey again uh, it, so really? those are three yeah. guys stealing money no that's why I want I want to go back to the Draymond thing you know for people that don't know you know Draymond has been suspended indefinitely he's got to meet certain condition conditions talk to the league I've never seen a league put somebody a grown adult into timeout that's what they did they John literally Morant? put him in yeah, timeout it just man. happened with John, John Morant, Morant. No, but, it's like currently happening yeah. but like John, even then they gave him a timeline of like it here's was 25 indefinite games. first though it was and yeah, then yeah, it was yeah. like because it was I think it was eight first and then when he did it again it was indefinite yeah. so there is precedent 
which I'm a little surprised yeah. the union hasn't been like a little harder pushing back on of like you can't. Do well, the that. funniest thing is the head of the union is Andre Godala, his former teammate. That might be the only war you're holding him accountable <laughs> right now, man. But 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 Andy, man, like you know, I've seen even uh, yourself, like a lot of Warriors fans, like even through the last like 12 to 18 months, like all of Draymond's antics and suspensions and things like that. I mean, I see a lot of people coming to his defense. Um, it seems like um, there's less people, less Warriors fans coming to his defense at this point. Is that correct? Are there any Warriors fans coming to his defense? Yeah, you're right. You're right. It's tiresome. I actually think last year the Sabonis stuff was still pretty. I think Warriors fans still had us. I mean, I did. I was like, dude, screw Sabonis, right? Like <laughs> this this guy. I mean, who is this guy? All right? He, he's kind of dirty. Uh, he does weird stuff. Okay. Um, the Warriors he does don't really weird respect him. <laughs> Please elaborate. <laughs> nah, what kind of defense is he does weird stuff? So I stomped at his chest. Check out the light years podcast. No sense. <laughs> Air makes no sense. Just, come on, man. David Lee's just a taller version of David Lee. But, Whatever. So, yeah. I, you know, I, 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 th I thought, you know, guys still had his back. Um, I think a lot of fans or players even had Draymond's back, even with the Rudy Gobert stuff. I don't think NBA players necessarily love Sabonis or Rudy Gobert. Definitely not Rudy Gobert. Yeah. But this one, I think when you've done it multiple times, he knocked Jordan Poole out, which you can argue whether Jordan Poole deserved it. I don't think anybody deserves to get knocked out cold like that. He certainly, Jordan Poole wasn't a great teammate last year, but you throw all that on top of the stuff that we've seen from 2015 onwards, which I always thought was like, yeah, let's go. I yeah. love it from... But the guy's thirty-two, man. He's he's married. He's got kids. He's a gr he's a grown adult, and he's acting like a twenty-two-year-old that just he just figured out how to start drinking or something. What are we, what are we doing here, right? Like what? Are, he he turns around. I actually believe him that he tried to flop, though he doesn't admit he tried to flop, which is weird, typical. But he tries to flop, and then he waves his arm around, which is classic Draymond, like when he used to waves his legs around and kicking Stephen Adams in the groin. Mm -hmm. So he does that. I believe him that he accidentally hits Nurkic. But then it's like, you've been suspended so often. You've been yelled at by the team and the league so often. Why would you still do it? And honestly, I think he deserves it. I think he deserves it. I think the Warriors went to the front to the commissioner's office and said, yeah, we don't mind if you just, you just said, hey, just suspend him indefinitely. I think the Warriors were part of it. It's not a conspiracy. I think they were part of it. Uh, I think the league is tired of him. I think the players are tired of him. I think they were tired of him last year. Um, and I wouldn't be surprised. Like I said, I truly wouldn't be surprised if he's not going to be in a Warriors uniform ever again. Damn. Ever again? I mean, it, he does cross the line way too often. Like, okay, so what does that leave the Warriors then? Because you guys are already, like, pretty short with the roster as is. I mean, you guys have had young guys contribute, you know, shouts to pods. I don't know what you guys what you guys are loving for Brandon Pajemski. Shouldn't Pajemski. be your third best player, though. Uh, he, he was looking pretty good uh, last exactly. night, too. But, like, exactly. You guys have young guys contributing. Um, you guys, at least on paper, have, like, still lots of productive core pieces. Most importantly, Steph Curry is still Steph Curry. Like, can't just be throwing away a prime season of Steph Curry, but you guys seem like you're about to throw away another oh, prime yeah. Steph oh, season. Yeah. There they are. They are. And oh, it my. is. And it is. I'm, I've accepted that, sadly. Um, this team would probably be maybe six or seven games over. Like they'd probably be the Lakers record if if Wiggins and Clay and, and Draymond were just normal players. They because <laughs> you're right. Moses Moody has been very good. Brandon yep. Pajemski has been amazing. Which I mean, I was not bought in on, on. I mean, look at him, but he's amazing. Uh, and then Kaminga's not been super amazing, but he's been good. He's been good enough. Um, but where does that, your question, where does that leave the Warriors? I, I kind of, 
think of it this way. They don't have anyone to, to replace Draymond, but they drafted Trace Jackson Davis, who's like a 23-year-old rookie, which is hilarious. But he's probably going to play – like he's probably has a chance to do kind of what Draymond is, which is an undersized all right. and guard all positions guy. And then Pajemski and 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 Moody are going to take over the minutes that Clay's going to take over uh, or Clay's not going to play as much because of those two guys. And then Kaminga has a chance to take Wiggins minutes. Those guys were benched last game. Yeah. Uh, during the Suns games, those guys were Wiggins and, and Clay were benched because how awful they are. And honestly, it should have been on ten minutes, uh, ten games ago. But I think that's where the Warriors are at, and <laughs> that's what a ten seed, maybe. Like maybe they'll get, maybe they'll end up in the play. Like remember that year that they lost to the Grizzlies in the play-in round. Like this mm. is kind of what that is right now. Damn, Warriors and Raptors are kind of in the same spot for this season right now, man. Except four titles uh, to, to <laughs> lean back on instead of one. Damn but it. It's still better than zero. Hey, uh, Andy, you know, on to the coach, too. Why do you keep calling Steve Kerr Sleepy Steve? What's what's the story <laughs> behind that? I've, I've, had, uh, I've had the team reach out. Uh, they're not happy about that one. <laughs> the team reach Steve. out. But, you know, whatever. I, I enjoy it. I think it's great. Um, maybe not uh, condoning, you know, Trump uh, when I do that. Uh, Trump calling Joe Biden Sleepy Joe. Mm. But that is where I got it from. Uh, All right, we, we've... Uh, has uh, had a terrible game. <laughs> Do we lose Andy? Oh, I thought... Oh, I thought you're back, I you're back. I thought back. I, no, I can hear you. Explain, explain, yeah. Oh, uh, Steve has got had a terrible season coaching the team. He was terrible in FIBA. Uh, so for your fans, I'm sure you watched all the FIBA games, oh, I we think. Um, they got smacked by Team Canada. But actually, before that, they were terrible. It just went too small. Really no coaching, no urgency, no adjustments. And he's really done the same thing with these Warriors. Um, he's benched the younger guys when they've played well, specifically Moses Moody. Um, he basically got um, his his behind handed to him by media, by the players, by everyone. Uh, and he came out and apologized by saying, like, hey, I should have played Moses Moody. Yeah, obviously, guy. What, 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 what are you doing here? Uh, he's been awful managing the veterans, giving them way too much leeway. He's made zero adjustments. I think this is – whatever. I think all that is micro stuff. Macro level, I think he's done. I think this is his last season as a Warriors head coach. I think he's burnt out. It shows in the way he's coaching this team. Um, he's a great coach. He's won a lot of championships. Um, he's brought a great system over, and that's helped this team win that first championship. But, yeah, I think he's – you know, enjoy ESPN with Bob Myers. I don't think Charles <laughs> Barkley was lying when he said, you're about to see some of your buddies on the stage. Yeah. Steve Kerr is going to be enjoying the sidelines. Very less stressful, calling games. You know, maybe uh-huh. he can call some of the some of the Kaminga Moody games next year. You know, I think he's done. No, the Warriors are a hilarious franchise because all your ex-coaches just end up going to call Warriors games. That's, that's, <laughs> what, that's what happened with Mark Jackson was always calling Warriors but, games, man. But, but, but Andy, though, like... Man down, man down. As Steph Curry hits his 10th three of the like night. It's like the opposite of the Shohei clause where it's like, hey, if you let this front office person go, I can opt out. It's the opposite. <laughs> Steph and Draymond yeah. and Clay are just like, if you don't let these people go on like a three-year cycle, we're out. Yeah, at least Andy. Yeah. Neither, neither of us got Otani, so we have that as well, brother. Oh, brother. We have to talk about. I'm happy to. T- actually, I'm not happy to talk about it, but I will talk about it. Um, I think it hurts more for me, but actually, I don't know because I don't know the 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 how, how Toronto fans are feeling about it. But I I I think Steph wants Steve back. I think Steph or he wants him back. I think Steph pined for Draymond to get that extension. I think Steph wants Clay back, which to me, I mean, that's who Steph is, right? He's super loyal. Mm-hmm. He's never going to go anywhere else. He's going to retire as a warrior. But I think in this particular case, it's going to bite him in the in the behind. Um, but again, it's it's you know he's not going to be the LeBron type. He's not going to be the KD type. Like he doesn't run. He doesn't. 
he doesn't like use a franchise and then after he's done with them, run off to another place to find a superstar. Right? That's not who he is. And, you know, they end up with the same amount of championships. You know, Steph is four, LeBron is four, and KD has zero without Steph, right? So, like, you can argue that um, their legacies are are, are, are their legacies. I, I'd argue that Steph's is a little bit more impactful, but I think Steph has a worse chance of succeeding than those other two guys. And I compare them, I compare those three guys because they're the faces of the NBA, right, for the past decade plus. Yeah, but it's kind of sad to think, like you mentioned, you know, uncertainty about Draymond's future, you know, Clay's going to free agency, you know, maybe Kerr leaves after this year. Like, is there a chance, like, you know, Steph stays with the Warriors and it's kind of like Kobe's last few seasons with the Lakers. Like they're just not in contention. Yeah. I think, I think Dirk is the one that makes sense is is the Mm -hmm. one that I think about. I I think Dirk, we really, Warriors has really wanted it to be like Duncan. Um, They're similar. Um, And, and Manu and Parker and then Kawhi came in and kind of, Got them that that championship, that fifth one. If I have that right, I think the fifth one. Yeah. Um. So I think I think Warriors fans really wanted that, and uh, maybe you can argue that the fourth one was similar to that, but they didn't really. I mean, you can argue maybe Wiggins was that version of Kawhi, but it's certainly not going to be extended any longer than this, um, which is sad. So it reminds me of Dirk, where Dirk was. I think was happy being a Mav. Took a couple pay cuts. They put like some decent teams around them, but it was never yeah. serious. Yeah. So I think that's what this Warriors team is going to be, right? Like they're going to win. 44 games this season again, maybe 42. They'll sneak into the play in. They'll do that again next year. But from what I, from what I, from what I'm seeing, unless they, unless they trade for Pascal Siakam, um, I know who knows that might not even work. Pascal might not even help him that much. But unless they trade for something like that, then yeah, I mean, we're looking at a, at a, at a, at a, at a pretty rough last couple of years for Steph. Yeah, we did that show last year where we tried to work out trades, and you guys were just hard no on on, on getting rid of Kaminga at any cost, which I understand honestly. He is like definitely in terms of upside, your highest upside uh, prospect. But you know, the comparison to Dirk is interesting because I remember around that time when Dirk was heading towards the end, the Warriors were kind of like, "Hey, Dirk, you want to join? You want to come play with the Warriors? You want to come get another ring? You know, teams are going to do that for Steph Curry now." You know, teams are going to be coming and just being like, hey, Steph, you know, like, you're still great. Get another ring. If his hometown Hornets get good in time. Well, that, yeah, <laughs> right. Thankfully, yeah, right. thankfully, we don't have to worry about that one because Steph's, uh, you know, criminal rap sheet is actually still intact. Um, oh, boy. That's what it qualifies to play for the Hornets. But, uh, yeah, I mean, <laughs> is, there, if, is there a team that it would break your heart to see Steph Curry, like, Lakers. jump ship for? <laughs> Oh, that's easy. Yeah, I just watched the the generational Japanese legend go to the the team that my baseball team mm. gets gets loses to every single year. This will be a lot worse because yeah. you know Shohei didn't do anything for me outside of just being Asian, and I'm Asian. Yeah, so, let's yeah, go. That's, that's, that's cool. Like, that's cool. But yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I'm Chinese. I'm not even Japanese. I don't even <laughs> really work matter, like man. You know what? Oh, it is. now he's splitting the difference. Last week he wasn't. <laughs> no, man. Thought you were Dude, we got a Korean stand, player. Man. We we got a career. I'm all in, baby. That's my guy. I've always loved him, really. I've been keeping up with him since you know a week ago. This guy was um, IU stand account for two days. <laughs> um uh yeah, the Lakers. The Lakers. It would be fascinating to oh, see man. him and LeBron win a championship together. I think it would be hilarious. Oh god. Um but yeah, the Lakers, right? Because you know, when's the last time the Lakers won a championship? Kobe? Right. So it's like so it's it's really what about it's, we're not counting the bubble. Guys, that was intentional. Anyone, obviously, <laughs> yeah. Does, but like, does anyone? It's like it's like the Dodgers winning the. It is ironic that the two LA teams both won championships 
in the year where nobody that was the last thing on anyone's mind. I, I wonder if their fans have reflected on that, that the teams could only win without them. Well, man. Yeah, I don't know. A lot. I, I can't really make fun of Do- like Dodgers fans are living last? great. Like, so I can't really even say anything. But Lakers fans, it's like, come on, man, man, be serious. You used to have like class, you know, you used to have like, <laughs> Yo, this guy talking about class. as an organization. That's how I know the Warriors dynasty is over. When Andy Lou is asking for class. This guy watched one episode of John C. Riley. Holy as, shit. Yo, it's sad to see Andy Lou in this oh, state, man. man. Buddy, come uh, join us on this side, man. When you, when you don't win championships no more, you know. Brother, I know, I know you got family in Toronto, bro. Same, don't make me dox you. Yeah. Um, yeah, we, we Bob Myers. You're about to be Steve Kerr. Last, last one for you, Andy. Two minutes on this for you. You know, yeah. I found it so hilarious that Bob Myers, like, soft-launched his exit last season <laughs> with a podcast as the Warriors were trying to get into the playoffs, preparing for the postseason. Yeah. Um, yeah, just tell me about Bob Myers, man. He quit. (laughs) He quit like Steve's, like Sleepy's quitting right now. I mean, those guys are done, man. Um, I love Bob. I think he's the nicest guy. He's, he's nice to everyone. Um, he's invited me to play basketball. I didn't play with him, but he like, like, he's just, just a good dude. I I think, I, I think he knew that it was going to come down to him having to tell Clay I can't pay you. You're going to be gone. Him having to tell Draymond, having these same tough conversations. And I just think he didn't want to do it. Mm. And I can't blame him. I know Warriors fans kind of give him crap um, because he's made some bad draft picks. I don't really care because the Warriors won a championship. Although it'd be nice if Tyrese Halliburton was on this team instead of, I don't know, any of these guys. But I always enjoy Bob Myers. Um, To me, he always... Felt like he cared more about the human, the players, than than just let's make this trade. Let's worry about the contract here. I don't know. I'm a, I've got a soft spot for that type of stuff. So you're not gonna get me to say anything too bad about Bob. But I know people kind of kind of kill him a little bit. Um, but you know, some people also say he's he's a little fake. You remember the the crying with with Kevin Durant tearing his Achilles? Um, oh, was there on the podium? Was he stepped off? Man, there were the face was dry. <laughs> just saying. I just report what I hear. Uh, what I'm literally right there for. That's all. You know. Player agents are always, you know, they always, they got a lot of faces, you know, they got a lot of faces, but, um, Mike Dunleavy, so let me, let me, let me, let me end it there. Let me end that part there is that I think Mike Dunleavy is probably someone that is the opposite of that. I think he'll, he'll look at this team come to trade deadline. If he needs to trade Chris Paul, if he needs to trade Clay Thompson, I don't know what's that contract, but if he needs to trade Clay Thompson, if he needs to trade Kaminga, I, I think he'll, I think he'll get it done. Um, wow. It wouldn't surprise me if he needs to get rid of, get off that Draymond contract because now it's looking pretty nasty. He will get it done. Um, so I, I think, I think there are going to be fireworks for the Warriors in the tra- in the trade deadline. Yeah, we'll call you, we'll we'll call you when that when that happens. But I guess you've already kind of accepted that it's it's going to fall apart. Like it's not going to hit you by surprise. This but, guy asked Lakers fans for class, man. He's done. Yeah. Andy Lou officially right. cooked. Let's get him out of here. I'm, I, I'm a baseball football guy now. Brock Purdy is it for me. <laughs> this guy's, that, that's this guy's a Debo Samuel Stan account now. Man. Get out of here. Yeah. All right. <laughs> that is who I am. That is who I am. Check, check Andy uh, and Sam out on the Light Years pod and definitely follow Andy Lou on, on Twitter. Must follow. Yeah, it's going to be hard to find him. Um, Those Spotify it, links about to hit at 3 in the morning. <laughs> you're not going <laughs> to... On the West Coast, what do you want, man? <laughs> now, the funny thing about finding Andy's account is that there's no pictures of him on, on the profile. It's just when you see the K-pop artist uh, tilted 90 degrees, 
uh, then you, then you know you found the right account. But uh, Andy, we love you, bro. Love. Appreciate you. Yeah, man. Much love. Thanks, y'all. You take care. Take right, care, man. guys. That's the Sam Mateo legend, right? You there. forgot. You forgot he rocked a Shohei Otani to Coachella. Yeah, he did. <laughs> In with floral shorts. Yeah, he did for a while. For a while. Oh, what a guy, man. Warriors are cooked. Damn. Are they cooked? That's it. Have we ever gotten in trouble with PR like that? Uh, what are you talking about? <laughs> no, to that We degree? just don't share it on air. Oh, we should more often. Oh, my God. Are you we kidding should, me? We should more often. Anyways. Yeah. Remember oh. the bingo card last year? <laughs> oh, I do remember the bingo card. You know what? You're right, actually. <laughs> Anyways. Yeah. Do your do your speedy exit. Um, yeah, I thought it was a good show today, boys. Where's JR? He can he can wrap it up. He, he introed us, let him outro. Yeah, maybe I'm uh, just trying to eat do my, seconds to see how fast he can maybe do. Maybe I'll do my JR. Surprise uh surprise chain winners tomorrow. Oh yeah. Two of them. Okay. Wow. Two chain winners will be joining us remotely. Got you. All right, yeah. I can't wait. So uh, that does it for us today. I'm your host, Will Lou. Uh JR Manitad. You've been listening to uh, the Raptor Show on the Sports Night Radio Network. Make sure you uh Riz the Raptor Show by subscribing to our podcast and reviewing our show, telling us how much riz we got. And uh, big thanks to Dennis Schroeder, Andy Liu, producer and co-host Alex Wong, my vest, Blake Murphy, my other vest, uh, our board producer, Derek Brantale, Jennifer Rolnick, David Sis, and Will Liu for helping behind the scenes. We'll see you tomorrow.